give an introduction because not everybody is from the house. POG stands for presence of God. If this is your first time, we all say welcome home. How old are we? This is a little test, an introductory test. We're three years old. I thought it was two. Lisa, really? You're not going back on that platform. You don't know who you're serving. Um, so we are two years old, church, right? And we are building a bigger building upstairs. So this place is going to be for the... So don't judge us. We're not in a basement. We're not a basement church. <laughs> we are building a bigger place upstairs. So we are happy that you're here. And uh, we are here to serve you and make your visit as pleasant as possible. The law of sowing and reaping is probably the most basic law in the Bible. The apostle Paul the greatest theologian of all times Paul knew more about God than the people that walk with God and he was the one who articulate the idea of you reap what you sow now follow me here the reason why Paul articulated this concept with an agriculture metaphor is because in the Bible you either was a shepherd or a farmer so that's the reason why he used he used a, a, a farmer and, and you know he used agriculture to, 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 to share this. But if Paul was here tonight in Newark in the year 2015, he will say it like this: what goes around comes around like a hula hoop. What goes up must come down. You get what you give. It's a basic law. This law is so basic that all science, meaning all the people that study the laws of the universe without necessarily crediting God as the lawgiver, they agree that this principle that you reap what you sow, they agree that it is true. All theology, all religions in the world, they agree that this concept, that this idea is real. Just to give you an example, Buddhism, they call this karma the motivational speakers the, the self-help industry the new age teachings they call this I know you've heard this they call this the law of attraction at the end of the day this is a basic idea it is biblical it's all over the Bible Everybody agrees with it, and we know on an intellectual level that it is true. And even knowing that, we keep making the same dumb choices. We know as intelligent human beings that today is the result of yesterday, and tomorrow is the outcome of today. But we keep thinking the same way, we keep talking to ourselves the same way, we keep the same habits, knowing that the only way to bring change is to actually change it. Jesus. But tonight, that's going to come to an end. Tonight, 
with the verses that we're gonna share with the three bombs that we're gonna bring tonight you're gonna be in power to sow the right seeds you're gonna leave this place thinking the right things saying the right words doing the right things in order to reap the future that you want and the future that God has prepared for you are you ready for this teaching are you ready for this teaching verse 1 be happy with the Lord he will give you the desires of your heart what it says be happy with who with the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart lesson number one tonight God is interested in the things that you want you see the word desires these are your cravings your passions your vision your goals your dreams but a poor religious mentality has taught for decades that God could care less about what you want God doesn't have a problem giving you what you want as long as you are happy with him first as long as daddy comes first he will give you the world you see science and psychological studies they have discovered that what really makes us happy is not things but people here we have a verse probably written 4,000 years ago and God says I will give you things when you are happy the Lord is saying what really makes you happy is not things you think that that will make you happy because you are unhappy and don't have things but the people that have the things they are telling you this doesn't make me happy and the Lord says be happy with the relationship first and you will get all things, all your desires. Do you see it's only me or do you see it? Hello. Somebody will say, but 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 Elam, the heart is deceiving, not when is it when, when it is redeemed. When the heart is redeemed and Jesus lives in it, is a positive desire. Oh my goodness, your desires align with the kingdom. You can actually trust your heart when Jesus lives in it. He will give you the desires of your heart. But first, you got to be happy with the Lord. Now, how are you happy with the Lord? Do you love to worship? Do you love to be involved in church? Do you love to, are you happy with serving people? Are you happy with loving people? Are you happy with forgiving people? Are you happy with being involved with the things of the kingdom? Then you are happy with the Lord. When you are happy with the person, when you are happy with the relationship, you are ready for the things. So if you see somebody that has been following God for 20, 30 years and they've never seen their desires come true, they still haven't found happiness in the Lord. He says, when you are happy with me, I will give you the desires of your heart. Do you get that idea tonight? Let me put it in practical levels. You want a husband? God wants a husband. Oh my. Do you want a business? Do you, want a, do you want a Grammy? A house? It doesn't matter. You are happy with him. He wants to give it to you. It's like a child. 
that says, Mommy, if I don't get gifts for this birthday, I'm good because I have you. That mom will do the impossible. Get a plantation five. Elebo cinco. That mom will do. Why? Follow me here in this phrase. Because of the child's contentment in the relationship. You need to find that contentment in the Lord. And let me tell you something. It is, it's not built from one day to another. It takes time. It takes time for you to realize that in order for you to get things in the kingdom of God, daddy comes first. It takes to mature. Because we keep pursuing things thinking that that's the key. Lesson number one. God cares about your desires. Just make sure that you are happy with him. If nothing else happened, if you don't get another job, if you don't get anything else in life, are you happy with him? When you find yourself in that place that you say, Father, Daddy, I'm, whatever happens, I'm happy with you. I start talking with angels what, what he needs what she wants what are his desires because she's ready are you following me tonight POG don't believe the lie that God only cares about his kingdom when you are happy with the Lord what you want will be used for the kingdom lesson number one be happy with the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart if you get that idea say amen and we'll pass to the second concert okay second verse they're ready the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy i came that they may have life and have it abundantly how many times have you heard this verse before a lot of times yes or no yes very good okay get ready to change the way you see it First of all, the thief is not the devil. When you read the first verse in that chapter, the thief is a false teacher. So, so the thief, forget about the devil. We are so negative that the devil doesn't even have to work. Your own mind plays games. Your own mind keeps you in bondage. The devil is chilling. Drinking piña colada. Let me tell you something. When the devil attacks you, you're going to know it's him. You're going to know it's something neg negative, spiritually, supernatural that is coming against you. 90% of the stuff is you. Your own mind, your negativity, what has been sown, how you was raised up, what society says. So the thief, that's not the devil, comes to steal, to take away from you. The thief. The false teacher, follow me there, please. Just picture a false teacher that doesn't look like me. It says, the thief, the false teacher, comes only to steal, to take away from you. Now, Jesus here, guys, is talking about possessions, about things. You see, we spiritualize the Lord 
too much more than what what he really is let me just hit you with this jesus spoke more about money and possessions than heaven or hell no le gusto you didn't like you you want jesus to talk about heaven or her god is interested in you having stuff it is it, stuff is actually a, a, a witness a sign that god is blessing you so the false teacher, follow me here, comes only to steal, to take away stuff from you. Have you been to places or listened to teachings and preachings and you feel literally that they're taking? The false teacher comes to steal your stuff. To kill and destroy. To leave, the word destroy, my pastor taught me, destruction in the Bible, this is what it means. It's very simple. It's you end up in a state worse than the, than the one you was in. Are you following me? Was that clear? In other words, destruction. You was good, now you're worse. Or you was bad, now you're worse. So the false teacher comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Have you heard teachings that make you feel worse than... Are you following me tonight? Have you gone to churches that when you leave, you feel worse than the way that you went in? Jesus says, that's not me. That's the thief. That's the false, that's the false teacher. Are you following me? Why does not Jesus? Jesus says, because I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Life and life in abundance are two different things you can have life and not have life in abundance now let me show you how this works jesus is not talking about a physical life here let me show you how this works when you are doing life without god the bible calls you a dead being the bible says that you are dead in your sins and trespasses are you following me till there? Jesus says, I have come to give you life. Life means that he takes you from darkness, meaning you doing your own thing without God, and he puts you in the light. You now are doing life with God. That is life. Do you get that? Now, that's not life in abundance yet. Life in abundance, another translation says, is everything that you need after you get saved. Life is what happens when you accept Jesus. That first day, you went from death to, to, from being dead to being alive. That makes sense? Life in abundance is when you start getting everything else. Your desires. Your, when he starts giving you everything because you're happy with him. Are you following me? That's, that's why somebody can be alive with Jesus, meaning saved for 30 years and lack for the rest of their lives never manifest their life in abundance there's a lot of places like that they are alive they are saved but there's no abundance are you following me they lack love they lack finances they lack power there's no abundance but jesus says not only i came to give you life but life in abundance if the point is to go to heaven, 
Why are we coming back from heaven? The Bible says that when we die with the Lord and we go to heaven, we celebrate our wedding in heaven and then we come back to reign here. He didn't save you for you to go to heaven. Heaven is an after party. So why he saved you? To give you the life in abundance that the false teacher is trying to take from you. So the false, are you following me church? So the false teacher comes only to steal the stuff that Jesus came to give you. It says, and to kill. Now, that word, when you read the passage, you know that Jesus is talking about sheeps. That word kill is in the context of killing for a sacrifice. In other words, these false teachers, they think they're doing God a favor. They think that by stealing money from you or killing you spiritually or destroying you, they are fulfilling the will of God. That's, you haven't seen those. That's just me. That's why it's so, it's so hard for them to change their minds. Because they think they are right. The thief comes only to steal the abundance that God came to give you. And to kill you spiritually. You are condemned. You are in sin. God doesn't like that. You are going to hell. They kill you spiritually in the context of sacrifice. They think they're preaching the truth. They think they're doing God's will. Are you with me? Yes? And destroy to leave you in a worse state than the one they found you. So if you know a place like this or you know people like this, that's not Jesus. These are false teachers. And they might not even know they're false teachers. Why that's not Jesus and I'm done with this. I can't because he came so that we may have life. Number one to save us and life in abundance. Everything else that we need. Are you following me? One day, one guy told me he goes to a very small church and uh, they have like seven youth. It's really sad. It's really dry, really dead. And they, that church has been open for like 30 years and they have like 100 members. And this is what he told me. He told me, every time that I see a big church, I, I check it twice because they must be doing something wrong. In other words, in his mind, abundance, crowds is not of God. Small crowds is good. If you have 20 people, ese es el remanente fiel. Those are the people that God chose to go to heaven. But we see the opposite in the scriptures. He says they come to steal, to, give, to, to take away from you, to destroy you, to, 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 uh, to kill you. And I have come to give abundance. Where, where there's abundant God, abundance, God is there. Are you following me? No, they are people pleasers. pleasers. They are telling the people what they want to hear. Of course, we're telling them Jesus. So do you get that? Do you get the fact that these false teachers, they come only to steal, to take away from you, to kill you spiritually, to leave you in a worse, you know, place that they find you. But Jesus came to save you and to give you life in abundance. Do you get that tonight? Okay, third and last idea, Jen. 
Glory belongs to God, whose power is at work in us. By this power, he can do infinitely more than we ask or imagine. What is God saying here? There's no dream too big. There's no petition too big for God. With God, there's no such thing as dreaming too big. He can do, it, he can do more than we ask or imagine. I can stand here and tell you, I want a Grammy, I want a mansion, and I want to be the greatest speaker of all times. And God says, I can do more. Now notice that it doesn't say he will do more. So why God says, I can do more? Why? Because if God can do more than what I ask, why should I have a problem believing what I'm asking? In other words, if God can do more than what I can imagine, why does it bother you that I'm thinking big? God can do more. You think big. You see, God is like an ocean. Everything you need is the water. You can go with a teacup. You can go with a bucket. Or you can go with a ship. The ocean always has more. But don't criticize the one that goes with a ship. It's the same ocean. Why are you using a teacup? God can do more. And, and, and in the Greek it's infinitely more. In the Greek, the word more is twice. In other words, Paul is saying, what God can do with what you ask is unlimited. God can do more, more than we ask or imagine. Now, notice that it doesn't say more than what you can ask. It says more than what you ask. It comes down to your asking. Which means that if you ask nothing, God can do more, more than nothing. Some translations say, more than what you can ask, but this is right. That's how the Greek says it. More than what you ask or imagine. And imagination, thoughts, the right word there is understanding. More than what you can think. What you think is bigger than what you say. There's a lot of stuff that you think that you wouldn't even dare to say. And God says, even that, I have more. Which means that when God made you and he put your mind inside of you, he said, what is Kobe going to think? He's going to think this, this, and that. Do we have more? Send him. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's unlimited provisions. Why do we think so small? That's my question. The way, the way, that, the way that things are happening in my career and the things that we are moving things here in church this will probably be don't say don't get sad one of my latest my last teachings and if there's something that i want you to get is if god can do more why don't you ask for more we don't ask for more because we have been raised on a catholic generation that being less having little is humbleness being poor is good having lack Lacking is good because Jesus died at the cross by himself naked. The Bible says that he became a curse so that I could be blessed. I don't have to go, Jesus, I love you. I don't have to go through what you went through because he went through that to take me to a whole other level. Are you following me? That's like Jesus taking a bullet and me saying, I want to take a bullet too. Religioso. That's like fanatism. That's like dumb. He took a bullet so that you could go party, for example. Jesus took a bullet. I'm gonna love the Lord. Why are you taking a bullet? 
Why are you accepting poverty and lack and, and sickness when he paid for that? Glory belongs to God whose power is at work in us. That's the Holy Spirit. By, his, by this power, he can do more and more, the Greek says, than we ask or imagine. The law of sowing and reaping is on your side. You don't have to reap negative stuff. A negative life. Because God is for you. To grant it, you, to, to, to give you your desires. He has come to give you life. And not only life, but life in abundance. And he can give you much more than what you ask or imagine. Why not take that and run with it? Today, you're going to leave this place thinking, the, sowing the right seeds, doing the right things because God literally wants you to win. Spiritually and material-wise. And I close with this. We think that because we have it in the spirit, we don't need it in our hands. Jesus is my husband, for example. That doesn't mean you don't need a husband. He's, he, he gives it to you in the spirit so that you can have it in your hands. So that you can have it fit, materialized. Let me just show you this. You're looking at me like, what is that? The Bible says in the book of Hebrews that everything that we see comes from what we don't see. Everything that is visible comes from the invisible world. In other words, everything that is spirit is always looking for a physical manifestation. What does that mean? When God gives you something in the spirit, it's not for you to sit down with it. It's for that to be manifested in the natural. But you have people serving God saying, I'm reaching faith. I don't care if I cannot pay my bills. No, you are reaching faith so that you can be, have money in the natural. Do you understand that? What? That's like me saying, we are healed in the spirit. So who cares if I die? No, he heals you in the spirit so that that healing might be manifested in your body. Do you understand that? He gives it to you on a spiritual level so that you as a physical body can manifest it in a material way. Do you understand that? Don't get satisfied only with the, the spiritual part. It's just the beginning. Did you learn something tonight? Stand with me. Let's pray. Before we pray, I grew up in Spain. And in Spain, you call your father, father, literally. If he was my father, I would say, father, I need this, 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 and that. So, but here in the States, in America, Latin America, we call our fathers that. So, tonight, I want you to call your daddy that. Can we do that? You're going to see how that feels. It feels great. Everybody say dad. That feels closer, right? Then father. Not in Spain. So say dad. I. You said dad? Dad. No, not you. I receive the desires of my heart. Come on. Say it like you believe it, church. I receive the desires of my heart. And I walk in into the life of abundance that you have prepared for me. In the name of Jesus, I receive it. Because Lord, you love me. In the name of Jesus, 
Amen. Give Jesus a hand. Come on. Let's worship for one more song before we go home. Hit me. <laughs>